Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Alrighty, good morning everyone. It's good to have you join me today on Still Growing in Grace. It's uh, a great day here. Good morning, Sander from the UK. Thrilled you're chiming in. First one in. Um, I got some great stuff today. I think you're going to like this conversation. It's, uh, <clears throat> I do rabbit trails really well. Or, hey, look, a squirrel. Um, and today's uh, discussion, yes, we're talking about heaven uh, in the series, but... Um, uh, I think you're going to like this conversation. Richard had something happen to him, and when he shared it with, with us, I thought, oh my goodness, I think you guys would love to hear this too. It just kind of speaks to, well, I call it heaven's mercy. <laughs> um, so I'm without too much intro, I, I think uh, I introduce it in the video, but uh, I think you're going to really, really like this. So brace yourselves for a, a heartfelt, true story um that just happened recently and it's like the love and grace of jesus shining in this dark world okay there's a lot of darkness in this world but the light shines out of darkness and i think you're gonna love this all right without any more here we go enjoy welcome to still growing in grace this is going to be an unscripted uh, fun conversation today we are talking about heaven but if we get to the topic, then great. But uh, something else is going on. Life, life can catch us off, off guard. Uh, insanity, extra stress, uh, an amazing story. So, Bill, uh, you came into this with a, ah! you know, because you rushed to get in. Well, so did Richard. It was like, oh, crazy day. And I had an insane day with computer tech issues but anyway it's all good now and i thought let's just take that as a reality check for all of us and let's let's chat about something that happened um because i know richard you had a story and bill did you see the story mm -hmm. yes i want i want i want richard to share that but before he does do you got something from your heart that's hitting your heart today if not just deflect over to richard but I thought, hey, there's something real about the stress of day and life, and how does Jesus live in all this? Yeah, I don't have anything specific. I mean, uh, the the only thing I would, I guess, start with is there is an element inside of this creation that that is is what I would refer to as chaos. <laughs> Holy chaos! It it is, and 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 the 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 chaos is often it's unpredictable it's not often fun it's often stressful and, and creates anxiety and you know um it saps our joy a lot of the time and you know not that i'm not living in joy but i mean it's hard to focus when you're in the middle of the, the no plan. yeah so i mean i'm walking straight in from a, a, a good friday i mean in my particular case uh, i have a, a very successful business that i help manage and run and and but it doesn't mean that there's not always, you know, curveballs and <laughs> dodgeballs and stuff coming at me. Wait, wait a minute. I was told, <laughs> I was, 
<laughs> I was told that when we believe in Jesus, everything's going to be better. Oh, yeah, everything's just dandy and roses, except that's not how it happened for Jesus. So, no, I think, oh. yeah, the truth is, it's it's wonderful to know that I at least, I have a, a, a faith in, in a, a God represented by a person who became human, who did and, and lived with the exact same stresses and chaos and, you know, ultimately walked it out to a place that I'm, I hopefully will never have to endure even, right? And then that, there's a lot of joy that I, when I do get a chance to breathe, um, I can, you can see his hand of, of, of provision and grace in it all. And he is working it all together for good, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like that at the moment. We should talk about that verse someday because that one's a yeah. really misunderstood one. Yeah. All right, Richard, what happened? You, you shared a post the other day that blew my socks off and I had to reread it. And would you invite us into your chaos? I think this yeah. is too important. <laughs> Out of chaos comes beauty. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, <Eventually. it> <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. But, uh, yeah, well, I'm an attorney and I'm a criminal defense attorney and, and I've, I've got, a, I really ought to string all these stories together because when I see something that's just uh, supernatural in terms of mercy or forgiveness, I feel like uh, of all the aspects of my job, that is the one that I absolutely enjoy most when things, when for whatever reason, uh, angels of mercy descend into the situation for all and, your planning uh, that you do. You can't plan this stuff. You cannot plan it. And if you try to plan it, it will not happen. And I have seen devils of, uh, cruelty also descend into cases. Okay. So, but you know, you, you take them, the fact that you see one with, and what I'm about to share is just, I've never seen anything like it. I practiced law 30 over 30 years. And I've never seen this kind of thing happen. I, I've seen other things happen that made me have their own flavor, but never one with this particular flavor. I was representing a 22-year-old boy. Uh, I call him a boy because, you know, uh, he is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anyone 22 is still a boy and a girl to me. Uh, but anyway, uh, he had been charged with vehicular homicide uh, that he committed when he was 18. He was driving at an excessive rate of speed. Um, and it was excessive. I mean, it wasn't just a little bit of speeding. It was going twice the speed limit in a 45, well, less than twice, but just less, uh, in a 45 mile per hour zone. But he was on a road where there was a hairpin turn, uh, and there was a wreck and the girl, 16 year old girl who he was friends with, he was, he, so he would have been 18 at the time. She's 16 and she got ejected and she got killed. Well, he got charged with vehicular homicide felony. In Georgia, I mean, in Georgia, there's vehicular homicide misdemeanor, and then there's vehicular homicide felony. And when you get a felony, that's serious. It's and it has to be predicated on, you know, either being driving under the influence or driving recklessly. And he was not under the he was not under the influence, but he was driving recklessly just because of how the speed. But he went down a road he wasn't really familiar with. There was a hairpin turn, and and it happened. Well, this thing goes on for two years and uh, the DA finally, you know, it comes a time to plead uh, because he is guilty and he's, he's, you know, he's taking it on the chin like a man. You know, he loved this girl. He was friends with this girl and uh, he uh, had gotten some contact. The girl was raised by her grandmother and uh, I asked the grandmother to come because I heard she was very sympathetic to the situation and I talked to her before court. 
And man, I am telling you what, uh, I won't tell you what she told me, but I will tell you what she told the court. We go into court to do the plea and the DA is trying to get a, a year in prison uh, for, for him. And he, she believes that's being merciful, given the facts. Um, and there were mitigating factors. I had uh, hired an expert to say that, uh, and he was a Georgia State Patrolman who was very well regarded and he had retired. Now he does accident reconstruction. He said, we've been warning, you know, the DOT about this area and the county about this area for years because it's dangerous. There needs to be a guardrail there. So anyway, he did his all work and came back and said, had there been a guardrail there, it would have been more likely that the girl would have survived. But that doesn't make that doesn't make my client not guilty. It just makes made me brings a little bit of mitigation into it. Um, and and there were some other mitigating factors too. the truck he was driving uh, didn't have airbags. Airbags might have saved her, you know, might, might have kept her from being ejected. So there were there were some things that weren't out of his control that might have made a difference. But the speed was in his control. And so he pled guilty to that. Well, I called the grandmother based on what she told me at, uh, before. Uh, earlier in the day and she gets she gets up there and and um uh she says your honor and i'm paraphrasing uh because I, I could tell this story a dozen times and think of different things that she said uh because she went on for about eight minutes eight or nine minutes that's a lot of talking and uh but anyway she goes up there and she says your honor i want you to know some things i want to tell you that that uh my molly would not want this would not want her friend to go to jail she loved him. He was a special friend to her. He took care of her. He guarded her. He protected her. Uh, he one time when she was stranded, he went and got her. Uh, she went down to Six Flags thinking she had a free ticket and the people didn't have a free ticket. So she was there penniless. And, and my client took care of her and paid for her ticket and did all this. And they weren't dating. They were just friends. Nothing more than friends. And, but special friends. And he, he, he protected her and guarded her from things, but he, he, he stumbled this night. And um, they were going to meet some people at the racetrack uh, over there in, the, in this particular county. And, and, uh, and he says, I was speeding and it just, we, were, we were just, you know, having, having fun and, and being reckless. I mean, he admitted it. But anyway, so, so she gets up there and she says, Your Honor, I want you to know that what will honor, what will honor my girl's memory will be to not send him to jail. I don't want him to go to jail and I'm insisting that he not go to jail. Mm. Okay. Now this, this is, this is a woman that's, that's telling this to a judge and you don't talk to judges that way, but she's there on her walker and she kind of moves up there with a walker. This is you know, Georgia, right? Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. Just precious, just precious lady. And she, and she got, gets into how sweet her, her, her girl was and how she wouldn't want this. And I want her memory honored, not dishonored. You know, I, I'm telling you, she took the concept of forgiveness and went to war with it. You know, I, I, I sometimes think of the petty things we won't forgive somebody for. And then when somebody like this comes along, it not only is, is heaven, you know, heaven demonstrated on the earth, but I mean, it, it, it like makes our unforgiveness look pathetic, you know, and, um, so the judge is just sitting there staring at her. And, and then when she starts kind of insisting with the judge, I kind of look at the judge and I'm saying, oh, no, we're overplaying our hand. You know, and I look up at the judge and the judge is crying. All right. The judge melts under this woman's authority and under her, her goodwill and under her forgiveness. And um, she, she basically just went on and on with it about how my client had been a good friend to her and about how this was a horrible accident that happened on a horrible road. And, you know, he suffered enough and he's had a little, you know, he's 
you know, he has a little boy now himself, you know, 15 month old boy. And uh, he needs to be able to, and, and his wife doesn't have any family. And if he goes to jail, there won't be anyone to take care of them. Nothing could dishonor my girl's memory more than this. And I now, mean, I am telling can, you. Can, can I uh, highlight a comment you made when you wrote this out online? Cause you posted this. Sure. You had once you were sitting back and I forget what it was. You said something about uh, what do I do now? How is God going to work? And you said something about, do you remember? Well, yeah, it was basically that I was about to say something because she was being too, in my lawyerly thinking, I thought she she may have been overplaying the hand and I was going to say something. But then when I saw the judge crying, I said, Richard, shut up, shut up and let this thing unfold. And, and, and that's what happened. And it did unfold. And uh, so she goes and she says all this. And then the judges, you know, like I'm saying, the judge is crying up there and other people in the courtroom are crying and we're the last ones to go. There's not a whole lot of people in the courtroom. Uh, but, uh, so then I called the brother up and the brother of, of the deceased 16 year old. And he get, comes up there and he says, I agree with everything my grandmom said. Uh, I know my sister well enough to know that she would want, she would want him to be free and forgiven about all this. And I'm asking, I'm asking the court to do that, you know, to forgive her and to, and to set him free. And, um, uh, so then I had a letter that was from the landlord, my guy's landlord. Uh, I told him, get some letters from your landlord or, you know, someone just to say you're a stable guy and all this. Well, it ends up that her landlord is a retired uh, city clerk um, that knew the judge and was very good friends with the judge. And the judge gets up and says, and, it, it, and she didn't even know that, that this was the judge that was going to hear it because it said to whom it may concern. It wasn't a judge. So they didn't even know. So the judge just she said, let me tell you what, uh, I had the utmost respect for her. I, she sat right next to me in this courtroom for 15 years. Um, and I respect her opinion. And for her to say the things she said about you are incredible. So with those, those are the three things. And my guy took it like a man. He, and then he got up and he, and he said, look, I'm, I have nightmares about this every day. And I realize now, you know, with my own child that uh, I should have been more, more careful with her child you know, and, and, um, and more responsible. And I mean, you know, he just just embraced it. Um, and so the judge then just started speaking and started saying, and and was weeping. I mean, she was breaking up. She could hardly talk. And she said, I've never seen anything like this in, 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 in my courtroom. I've never seen anything like this. And, um, she said, you know, when this thing, when this thing started, it was not, it was not headed towards mercy. I assure you based on when, when I read the indictment and about what happened, but I sit here and watch these people come in and defend you, love you and, 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 and honor the memory, you know, of the deceased like this, how can I not, you know, respond to this? And, and, and during, during all this, when she's talking, the grandmother who's gone back to sit down in her chair stands up, and says, Your Honor, this boy is now my grandson. And I was just, oh my God. So then we all, you know, we're all balling there. And um, and then and then the long and short of it is the judge gives him straight probation and just 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 and then reduces the amount of time the DA wanted him to do on probation and then says in three years, if you've got a clean record, we can come back and adjust all this. I mean, so it's just uh, and he got first offender treatment, which means it won't be on his record. Just an incredible amount of mercy on the thing. And it just, 
I don't know. I was just overwhelmed at the power of forgiveness. I mean, this was like, you know, you hear Jesus talk about these persistent widows that come to him and insist on, you know, insist on things. And, and uh, the chutzpah, you know, these women that come up to him with chutzpah and won't leave, you know, the woman that pushes through the crowd and grabs the hem of his thing. It's just how much he loves chutzpah. And this woman was like the chutzpah queen, you know, and she gets in there and she spoke with the authority of God and uh, just dominated that courtroom. And the judge, to her incredible credit, yielded to it. And um, I, I'm telling you, it was it was it was holy ground. And I was honored to be a part of it. And, and again, you know, it just showed me how pathetic the things that we refuse to forgive others for how, how an act like this just brings our unforgiveness into just such a shame, you know, and I know I'm talking about shame. I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm just saying it makes it look pitiful. You know, the concept of unforgiveness look pitiful. This is so divine. You know, we talk about heaven. And I, I, I think the most heavenly thing I continue to ever see is this pure unadulterated forgiveness. It you is got a glimpse a, into heaven. Yes. It's such a powerful, and you know, we all need forgiveness and, and, even though I understand we're fractured and, and um, you know, Chesterton said it this way, we're all, we're all seasick and we're all in the same boat. You know, that's the best way I've heard it described. And, um, and I know that, and I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but we, we have angst. Every one of us, we have that existential angst where we feel something's not right or we feel inadequate or we just feel our mistakes weigh us down and continue to taunt us and haunt us. And, um, you know, we need to know in no uncertain terms that our Abba God forgives us and has nothing but forgiveness towards us and that we're called, you know, and Jesus, one of the most amazing things Jesus said to the disciples to me was that who, who, whosoever sends you for you forgive or forgiven. But if you don't forgive them, they, they stand unforgiven. And I, he's not talking about him forgiving him. He's just talking about us being exactly agents, talking about us being agents. We're called to be agents of forgiveness. You know, we want to walk in the supernatural giftings. The best gifting we have is to tell people they're forgiven by a God who loves them yep. and uh, holds nothing against them. And that's, that's uh, you know, when you see the real thing like this, and I wasn't expecting this. And <laughs> clearly, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting it. And it just, it was just such a divine moment where, um, you know, for every one of these moments, I can give you, you know, many other moments when nothing like this happened. But it does make me wonder what what elements make make it conducive. You know, a lot of you means that you can control the repeat of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I just want to see more of it on any level. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's what Christians yeah. do. They see something amazing. You're right. How did you do it? Give me the recipe so I can follow. Tell me what to do so I can repeat that. Right. I think the only thing we can do is to try to keep ourselves tender mm. and to just be observant. To just to just be observant and not jump the gun. If I had cut her off, you know, if I'd cut her off and chastise her, you know, for the way she was speaking to the judge, I would have been the villain. I would have been the one that should go to jail, you know. Uh, so just being sensitive in the moment, and uh, um, and then and then when it does happen, just give him, you know, give give the Lord the credit for it and share it with people and give people hope because the the legal. You know, there's so much unforgiveness in the court and there's so much vengeance in the court and there's so much vindictiveness in the court and so much pettiness in the court, and so much manipulation and hardness. When you see something like this, it just re it's like it restores humanity into the into the court. You know, we can just kind of become robotic drones, guilty, not guilty, 
you know, five years in jail, this, that, and the other. And I understand those things are Caesar's law and they have to be, you know, they have to be kept, but it, to see something organic like this and uh, to see the angels, our better angels come in and, and not just suggest forgiveness, but demand it, man, I got to tell you, <laughs> I love that. She sassed the judge. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's amazing. Now you did say there was weeping, lots of weeping, right? Yes. Yes. That tells wow. the tenderness of the heart of everyone receiving what they're seeing. Yes. Yes. And the, the probation officer came up to me afterwards and came up and said, uh, you know, how did you do that? <laughs> and I said, I didn't do it. <laughs> if, if you'll note, I wasn't the one talking. <laughs> Wow, Bill, would you, would you, how'd you react when you read that and, and heard this? No, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, how, how else can you react but to have just total, it, like, I, I don't have a better word than Richard used, holy ground, right? And, and they're, and kind of, I guess, kind of tie it back on the topic, kind of, it is heavenly. That is bringing heaven to earth, right? Which is, yeah. is, is really, I think, the, mystery of heaven heaven isn't somewhere we go it's something that is invading where we're at right now and i think sometimes that's i think miss we miss that i mean even in revelation the bride comes down here heaven doesn't we don't go up to heaven heaven comes down here and you know there's something about this idea of a renewed earth and a resurrected humanity and the marriage of heaven to what we consider reality right and and that reality is not going away it's just going to be seen through a new paradigm and I, at least that's how i see it and so heaven is not this distant heaven is is coming is has come is coming and will continue to come and, and is here start, yeah and when we start seeing it from that dynamic these moments that just like richard have we're participating in that active engagement right that active consummation of heaven and earth right now i caught the union of humanity with christ in the story mm. uh, it's like everyone is included yeah. and there is no separation so when you go to a court courtroom you're, you're seeing payback demands right and this is the first time a hebrew concept of putback is displayed and you've shared a once in a while a story of profoundness like that, but this one was the first one that you've told that just happened, right? That since I've known you, but the the res restoration of all things, the mm -hmm. reconciliation being declared, we just saw it in action. It just it was real humbling. I, I loved the story. Well, Thank you. Well, you know, and it makes me wonder how our unforgiveness humanity's unforgiveness has corrupted creation. You know, I, I don't pretend to know how, how these, how these uh, waves work, you know, but with, uh, you know, with all the wars and all the hatred and all the unforgiveness that we, that we there, how that infects, how that infects and affects our environment is, is really unknown. But we have a lot of times we have an unforgiving nature. We have an unforgiving disasters. We have unforgiveness. It would just be interesting, wouldn't it? If this whole thing was about just oh, not yeah. only forgiving creation, you know, and by forgiving it, we heal it by forgiving one another. We heal each other, oh. you know, and the the rabbis, you know, have this this Jewish concept of tikkun haolam, 
which is the repair of the world. You know, and another way to look at that is it's the forgiveness of the world. We go as agents of forgiveness, forgiving each other. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and forgiving creation, forgiving uh, destruction, forgiving oppression, forgiving those things. And that's how we fight it by forgiving it rather than by resisting it. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I, I that just reminds me when you say that I, all I, my, my head and my heart go back to really the second story of humanity in the Bible, which is, Cain and Abel and that's at least for me where it goes back and, and how like the story of humanity its first born generation right uh these two brothers to me we've, we've made the story always about the, the evil brother Cain right we've always that's kind of the crux and look he goes off and he's the bad guy and yada 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 and so humanity's been tainted because by Cain but in reality I think that the hidden twist of the story story is the blood of Abel who died, who screamed for vengeance. Abel's unwillingness to forgive even from the grave is that maybe not when hell itself was created. Mm, wow. wow. You, said, you said something earlier uh, about forgiveness. What was the quote you said? I think it was from Jesus telling the story or it was right after the Lord's prayer. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and also when he when he breathed the Holy Spirit on him, um, you know, he uh, and that some people think that's a that's a John's view of Pentecost. That's mm-hmm. different than the other views of Pentecost. But he says, receive you the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sends you, you forgive or forgiven and whosoever sends uh. Uh, you are unforgiven or unforgiven. Yeah. But you, you combine that with the other comments that you were referring to there. And the concept is that we hold people in unforgiveness. Uh, we're judged by the same standard of unforgiveness. And it's not God judging us. It's us judging ourselves. And it blocks. Th- these are all forgiveness blockers. Yeah, unforgiveness are things that block us having mercy. Uh, the same thing can be said about the, the unforgivable or unpardonable sin of the Holy Spirit. I see the same thing happening there. The un- unpardonable sin is believing that Holy Spirit's incapable of being as forgiving as Christ. And if you believe that Holy Spirit has any judgment, any condemnation, then we hold the unforgiveness, not her, right? Not Christ, us. We're, we're, we're the ones latched on unforgiveness, not, not the divine. Right. So what I wanted to highlight, and I'm, I'm still looking at this and, and uh, um, the whole Aramaic interpretation of the Lord's prayer. Um, I'm still trying to find uh, the legitimacy of it, but the essence of what I see in that prayer screams truth to me. So here's an example of how the Aramaic language may interpret uh, the Lord's prayer part of the, if you don't forgive or forgive one another. And if you don't forgive, you, you won't be forgiven. The idea is if you don't unfetter the chains on others, God's not going to do it for you very different than you're not going to get forgiveness if you don't forgive. It's like in the Lord's prayer, you know, forgive us our trespasses as, as we unloose the chains that bind us or bound on others, they'll be done to us. Like that concept, does that make any sense? Have you heard that before? No, I, I love it. Oh my goodness. I, okay. I'm, I'm scrambling the background here trying to find, here it is. I found it. Here's how it's, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says here, um, Uh, detach the fetters of faults that bind us, 
Like we let go of the guilt of others. Let us not be lost in superficial things, but let us be freed from that which keeps us off from our true purpose. Uh, and then on and on. I'll share it with you later, but this is the this is a, a way to understand that prayer. And then, but it's to me the best part was the ending. So instead people always jump on, Hey, if you don't forgive, God's not going to forgive you. But if we continue that same theme and tone, we realize if you, it's saying, if you don't unfetter the chains of those you're having a hard time with, God's not doing it for you. So there is, there isn't the rage and condemnation. This is the, Hey, own your stuff. <laughs> you know, it's for your benefit. Look at the fruit that happens when you do that. And you just saw it. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is that if you don't forgive, it's not that it's not that Christ hasn't already forgiven you 2000 years ago. He's not a liar. He forgave you 2000 years ago. What it is, is you can't receive that forgiveness. Your unforgiveness keeps you from receiving God's forgiveness. It's not God's willingness. He's not going to coerce you. Like you said, he's not going to coerce you into receiving his forgiveness. But, um, and it's like the guy who, you know, who wouldn't forgive in the parable, the unforgiving servant, you know, he got his sins forgiven, but then he wouldn't forgive somebody else. So then he gets put back in prison. But if we have to understand that that's not God putting him back in prison, that's his own hypocrisy, putting him back in prison, you know? So, so just, just, uh, and, and I got to tell you, when I walked out of that courtroom yesterday, I felt like, I, I felt like a feather. I was so light. I felt like all sorts of oppressions and yuck had lifted off of me that had just built up over multiple court appearances and muddy, you know, muddy traction and, and things like that. But I tell you, I was, I couldn't even talk. I had to text somebody. I can't talk right now. I'm undone. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'll call you back at a few. I can't talk right now because it was so overwhelming. And you know what? You know what? I think every one of us wants to be overwhelmed by the love of God. Well, and, there's not a, yeah. and there's not a better example than forgiveness of just of using forgiveness as a weapon. I, I guess I've never seen it used the way she did it yesterday. She went in as bold as a lion and war. She went to war with forgiveness. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, it's what? just, it's, it's really, uh, you know, it's really uh, uh, impacted me and my, my, my whole view of it. I love it. Love wins. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really the story of uh, Saul turning to Paul, isn't it? Let's wrap yeah, this absolutely. up because we we're gonna uh, we're we're at the end of our time already, um, but I'm glad this was focused on the story of grace you just shared. I just it just was so brilliant. I didn't, yeah, we could continue on and talk about heaven, and it's good, but we gotta stop and smell the roses when they pop up, and this one popped up. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, I think our heaven discussion, if we continue it right in thereafter, uh, is going to roll right into this. Good. They're, they're complementary. They really are. Good. Let's do it. All right, folks. Thanks for watching and please join us next time. This was fun. Oh man. You feel undone. I, I, I love it. I love that last uh, thought that Richard had when he said, um, uh, I felt like all the dirt of all the other court cases and all the, the dirt of the day had is, is like being pulled off. Like, a, I don't know. It, very powerful. I hope you enjoyed that. That was so cool. Um, I thought, okay, let's let's rabbit trail here on on this uh, series because I'd rather I'd rather have authentic 
life uh, being shared uh, instead of having to stick to a script or topic or whatever. I want this program to be encouraging to everyone who is still growing in grace. And maybe today this was just for you. Maybe you needed to hear a story of forgiveness that you couldn't package. And maybe it'll inspire you or give you hope to forgive someone or it'll inspire you to um, not be so judgmental. Um, maybe it'll inspire you to quit looking at the differences of opinions of your friends, or your fellow believers. Uh, we've got lots of stuff going on right now. We got the COVID stuff going on and we have multiple opinions. We got politics going on. Um, but you know what? Uh, let's not let those divide us. Let's let a story like this that gives light in the darkness inspire us and uh, um, spur us on to good deeds. That's it for today. You guys have a really great day. We're going to come back to part four, uh, talking about heaven next week. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, it was really good. Again, I love watching and listening with you as we're going through because I'm hearing things again that I didn't quite hear the same way when I'm live having the conversation. So this is a lot of fun. I hope you're enjoying it. I, I don't hear from a lot of you. Some of you, yes. But if you're enjoying this, uh, tell others about it um, and, and comment, you know, like it's hard to know what the feedback is. And uh, here in Canada, at least folks, uh, they go, that's nice. And they, they really love it, but they don't say anything. So, so they're so quiet and conservative about it. And it's hard. <laughs> But that's okay. Anyway, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, we'll see you next time. You guys have a really, really great day. We'll catch you then. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.